Hey, welcome to our podcast. I'm Tom Blackwood, Executive Pastor at Calvary Church. We hope you'll find something every week that inspires and encourages you in your faith. You can subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen so that you'll never miss an update. Hope you enjoy the message. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. How many need a breakthrough today in your life? Need a breakthrough today, hallelujah. Holy Spirit of God, just break through in power. Glory, Lord, thrust us out into a harvest field to be the people you've called us to be, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would open the word to our hearts today and that you would transform us by the power of your spirit and the word that comes forth today. Anoint these lips of clay today, Lord, to speak your truth, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. You can be seated if you're able. Hallelujah, hallelujah. On this Sunday, I am in our series on the seven churches of Revelation, but today I am focusing, I've moved to the sixth of the seven churches. We'll go back and pick up the others because I believe there's a word the Lord has for us as we talk about a commitment of our church body to, to the future. And so today, the church with an open door. Revelation chapter three and verse seven. Revelation chapter three and verse seven. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, these things says he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts, and shuts and no one opens. I know your works. See, I've set before you an open door and no one can shut it, for you have little strength, have kept my word, and have not denied my name. Indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not but lie. Indeed, I will make them come and worship before your feet and know that I have loved you. Because you have kept my command to persevere, I will, will keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell upon the earth. Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have, that no man take your crown. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God, and I will write on him my new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. This morning we look at that seventh letter, the letter to the church at Philadelphia. In the case of the church of Philadelphia, there are no corrective remarks. There's a special indication of the simplicity of their hearts and their readiness to do what the Lord wants. And so the Lord Jesus is disclosed to them as the one who is holy and true. The Bible says the Lord is holy. Scripture says, be ye holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. And there's something disclosed about his nature that guarantees the flow of his life if we will allow the wholeness of who he is to become a part of our lives, we can guarantee the flow of his life through us to touch a hurting world. When now he says, these things saith he that is holy. It's a reminder that even though the church needs no reproof, that church is finding itself at a midpoint on the way to completion and fruition. 
And I must say today that that is where I believe Calvary Church is today. We are in transition, but we are in, in a, a place where the Holy Spirit is trying to prepare us for the plans He has for our lives and for this ministry. What the Lord is wanting to do in us, everything He has created us for. There are folks that sit in this room today with gifts and talents and abilities, and you've only scratched the surface of them. And the Lord says, would you allow me to work in you my wholeness, my holiness, so that you can become everything I created you to be. You can become everything I ordained you to be. Why would you hold back my plan, my purpose, my direction for your life when I want to do something mighty in you? I want to do something powerful in you. I want to do something transforming in you if you'll only open to that work of my spirit in your life. Somebody say amen. These things say is he that is holy and true. He is true. That's a quality of who he is. And Jesus says to the church at Philadelphia, these things saith he that is true. He is saying, I'm showing you faithful church. I'm showing to you that trait of my personality that if you let the flow, full flow of it happen, that trait will guarantee that there will be a continual moving through an open door that I will put in your life. But without any of the artificiality that comes from people who go through those emotions. There's so often people who become cynical and, and lose that sensitivity to, to the Holy Spirit, sensitivity to the work of God in our, their lives. I've talked with people whose eyes have not lost the capacity for tears who've been saved for 30 and 40 years, but I've seen a lot of people who've been saved for 30 years have become crusty and, and can see hurt and brokenness all around them and not a tear is shed because we fail to be sensitized to the Holy Spirit. That open door is the focus of this passage of Scripture. In verse seven and eight, he's revealed himself as the one that's holy and true, and then he says, he that hath the key of David and opens and no man shuts and shuts and no man opens. And he says, with this key that I have in my hand, when I open a door, nobody's gonna close it. When I close a door, nobody's gonna open it. And he goes on to say in verse eight, now I know your works and have set before you an open door. There's nothing that more readily needs to be received by us than to understand that the Lord has set before, I believe this church, an open door of his plans and purposes. And he is saying, I'm, I've shut doors and I'm opening doors. Understand, it is the work of my spirit. And friends, as we walk through this transition period, there are those who've gotten a little bit antsy because we haven't gotten where we needed to be. I'm gonna tell you, we are right where God wants us to be right now. We are right in the flow of where he's provided for us to get us ready for what he has for us. I have no doubt about it. I've done this for 20 years. And I know that God is getting this church ready and he, all this time is taken to help get us ready and get the person he's called to our church ready. I want you to hear me. I want you to hear me. The naysayers need to understand that this is about the spirit. This is about the work of God. We do not want to get a pastor just because we think we need one. We need to get a pastor because it's God's person. It's the one God has ordained for this church. And I stand here to declare to you prophetically, brothers and sisters, that in God's timing, and I believe it's soon, 
But in God's timing, he will show and reveal to our leadership the one that God has chosen for this church. He's not late. He's right on time. And he says to his church, I've given you the keys. It's a key of authority. When you have keys to something, you get, the, you get a right to open those doors. Just so you know, they haven't given me a key to this church. So apparently I have no authority around here. But, but when, you, when you have a, a, a key to something, you have the authority to open it. That's what's been given to you. And what the Lord says, I've, I've given you the keys. The keys of death, hell, and the grave. I came forth triumphant from that grave and I've given my church those keys. And I'm gonna open doors. And by the way, I'm shutting doors too. So that you can know that I, your Lord, God is the one who will open the door that no man can shut. The key of David is mentioned here. And that understanding is that the Lord has, says, I have ruling government that comes all the way back from that point. And you follow the, the process from the key of David where the promise was made to David that through his loins, they would come the Messiah and all the way through from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob, all the way through the, the process of the Old Testament, Lord, the Lord was saying, saying, I, I have given you the key and the key has come to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what, who the key was, was supposed to be put in his hands and he is the one who earned the right to carry the keys. And because he has the key that came all the way back from the lineage of David, he has come to open those doors that he's designed. David's line continued over all those years. When you come to the book of Isaiah, you see the fulfillment of and at the key of the house of David, he says in Isaiah, I will lay upon his shoulder so he shall open and none shall shut and he shall shut and no one will open. And Jesus says all the implications that were transmitted by the promise to David, by the prophecy of Isaiah, spoken regarding the one who was going to draw things to a conclusion, he says, it was all fulfilled in me. I, as the seed of David, the son of God, is the one who takes the rule of the government of the nations of this world. They are upon my shoulders. The prophecy, his name shall be called Wonderful. His name shall be called Jesus, for he shall save his people from his sins. The Lord, through all that process of the Old Testament, bringing us to this moment, and he mentions here, the Lord mentions, I, I, from the lineage of David, I have the keys. I have the keys and I've given it to my church. Now there's some doors that are only opened when the church will press in and persevere. There are, there are doors that God has opened, uh, has prepared to open, but he wants to find out if his church really, really wants all that he has for them. And that's why prayer is so important. That's why intercession is so important because, because we talked and prayed and preached about or, or sang about breakthrough this morning. Breakthrough comes when we stand before some doors that have never been opened before and yet through intercessory prayer. They're that coming against the powers of darkness and the powers of hell. We in intercessory prayer break through the enemy's blockades and the doors that were closed are opened in God's plan and purpose because the church interceded. The church did their work to, 
to come to terms with the darkness that was there and see it defeated by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. And doors are opened, as Paul says to the church, effectual doors have been opened before you, but they didn't come by accident. They came because there was a church that was ready to do what God said and to pay the price to see the doors of opportunity open that could change the world. Jesus says, I'm the one who fulfills it. The church of Philadelphia, when Jesus comes and he bears his heart before them, he says, I am he who is desirous to see my government extended in this world. I'm saying to you that because you're the only agency that I have to get this message out. It's so important that we understand, folks, we're the only hope that the world has. The church of Jesus Christ is the only hope this world has. It's the only hope America has, is the church of Jesus Christ. But we cannot be people who wait, hoping. We have, people, have to have people who are prepared to walk through a door that God opens. To be prepared to walk through opportunities that God gives us. And the opportunities always are about other people. The, the opportunities are always about people who need Jesus. The opportunities are always about people who are broken and hurting all around us. But there's a door that is being opened before you. I have prepared that door for you, church, and I'm challenging you to be, to be patient. I didn't make that up, it's right there. Be patient, persevere, stand fast, and be prepared because I'm gonna open a door before you that you can't even understand except you see it happening. I will make them of the synagogue of Satan which say they are Jews and are not but do lie. I will make them to come and worship before thy feet and know that I have loved thee. The en your enemies will bow before you. They will acknowledge that God is with you. He says, I'm gonna cause them to acknowledge that God is in you. And I hear the word of, pro of the proverb writer says, when a man's ways please the Lord, it makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. He says, now that you understand that I've set before you an open door, there's also a precious thing he says here in verse 10. He says, because you have kept the word of my patience, I will keep you from the hour of temptation which will come upon all the earth to try them that dwell upon the earth. And then he begins to open before them. Because you've kept my patience, because you've stood firm, You've accepted the challenge to do battle in the face of an adversary. The Lord says, because you've maintained that, you've continued forward. He says, when the chips are down and the final trials come, I'm going to be there and I will keep you and I will deliver you. Come on, somebody be grateful for that. Here's the word of the Lord to the people who move through the open doors that he gives them. The Lord is saying to his church at Philadelphia, you go through that open door and when the fire comes, I am going to walk with you. And then he, he says, I'm gonna give you three names. The first name that, that is yours is the name of my God, the name of my God. The second one is the name of the city of my God. And the third name is my new name. The significance of a name in the ancient culture was was that the name of God assured you of two things, that you were privileged to enter into fellowship with that God, and secondly, that you could share in the power of that God. 
And the Lord Jesus is saying to his people, you're going to know my new name. You're going to know me in the most intimate terms there is. A triple inscription. The Father's name. I'm sealed today with Father's God's name. I'm a child of the living God. Is anybody grateful you're a child of the living God? Child of the living God. I've been sealed with that name. He's sealed by, into eternal redemption by the Father's name. Then he says, the name of the city of my God, that's where I'm going. To Jerusalem, the new Jerusalem. And when I get there, I'm gonna have a new name when I get there. So he's saying to the church of Philadelphia, that church that bears under, I have a door that I'm opening for you. All power has been given to me. The keys of death and hell are mine. The key of David that's been laid on my shoulders has not died, but it's been perpetuated through me. I am the head of the body. The shoulders are part of that body. The keys are laid now on you, church. The keys are laid on your shoulder. If you'll keep the word of my patience, if you'll bear up under, I hear the Lord saying he's gonna work his delivering grace in those that will enter into that place in his way. I believe as sure as I stand before you today that the word to the church of Philadelphia is the word to Calvary Church today. There's a door that the Lord is opening. Get ready to walk through it. I said there's a door that is opening. Get ready to walk through it. God is preparing us. God is preparing us for his design, his plans, his purpose, not man's, his designs and his plans. And I believe that through that door, there are supernatural things waiting. I said, I believe through that door, there are miracles waiting. I believe through that door, we're gonna see things we've never seen before at Calvary Church. I believe through that open door. I have opened before you a door. Because when I open a door, no man can close it. And by the way, if you're wondering what's going on, I've been shutting doors. I've been shutting doors. Because there's one I prepared to open. I just need you to get ready to walk through it. Church, it's our moment. It's our time. You can be discouraged if you want to. I refuse to be. Because I know, I know what God's up to. I know what God's doing, even though you don't. I know what God's doing. I can promise you, I know what he's up to. I know what he's doing. And he is preparing something mighty for this church. He is preparing something great for this church. We come to this Sunday. We come to this Sunday. And throughout the last several months, a team of, uh, of our leaders of our church have been working together. We had groups that met uh, uh, 40, 50, 60 people all together that begin to look at our, the, our process of how we welcome guests at our church. We've been looking at the process of, of how we, we do discipleship and continue to expand that area of our church. We're looking at, at how we do a lot of things at Calvary Church and the input of 50 to 60 people brought us uh, through these last several months uh, as we were preparing for the future at Calvary Church. And I believe God is trying to get us ready for the greatest day we've ever known. And through that process, our leaders have redefined our vision statement. If you have a, a card like this, will you just pull it out and hold it out for a moment? If you don't have one, would you raise your hand and our ushers will get you one. Uh, ushers, if you'll help us real quick. There are people right up front, uh, just move quickly. Uh, if, you, if you didn't get one of these, get one uh, 
Uh, just raise your hand. They'll make sure you get, a, get one uh, here in the next few moments. Yes, yes, yes. I want everybody to have one of these in your hand as we, uh, we walk together through this. If you'll notice, Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Matthew 28, 19, and 20, it's the Great Commission. Every church has been called to fulfill the Great Commission. That's the word Jesus left for us. Go into all the world, preach the gospel. Lord, I'm with you all to the ends of the earth. That's the mission of our church. We exist to preach and teach the Great Commission and to fulfill the Great Commandment. The Great Commandment is living it out. That's our mission. Our vision statement as a church now, as we begin to move forward, has been redefined by our leaders, some of our leaders, and this is what it is. Encounter God, follow Jesus, make a difference. Would you say that with me? Encounter God, make a difference. One more time. Encounter Is that powerful or what? That's what we've been called to do. The vision of our church is to encounter God, follow Jesus, and make a difference. That's our vision. Now, that vision is lived out by a set of values, of a set of behaviors, of the kind of people we wanna be. Because every church has a DNA. Every church is different. No two churches are, are the same. And as we've, we've looked at, at what are the qualities of, of, of church we wanna be? What are, the, what are the kind of people do we wanna be, those of us who call this church home? And I want you to look at this with me very closely. Here they are, look at it. Excellence. We will be focused on our vision and honor God with our best. Amen? Secondly, faith. We will trust in God's power and be willing to take obedient risks. Amen? Generosity. We will give selflessly, believing God will supply all we need and do His will. Amen? If you agree, just say amen. Outreach. We will embrace people where they are and give them hope for the future. Amen? Integrity, we will strive to live according to God's word even when it is difficult, amen. Joy, we will radiate God's grace and exemplify gratitude, amen. Love, we will express the heart of God by caring for all people. Unity, we will respect our differences and come together as one in the body of Christ. Amen. Growth. We are committed to walk with God and allowing Him to transform us daily. Friends, I don't, I've worked with hundreds of churches over these years. I've never seen a list of core values that are any better than the ones you just have right here before you. If, can you imagine what happened we lived this out? The mic's not on. I said, could you imagine what could happen if we actually lived all this out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of you are not sure, are you? But I tell you what, all of these values are so incredible 
I didn't write them, somebody else did. But I wanna tell you, they're incredible. Because values are things you internalize that become who you are. That, that I'm a person of excellence. I'm a person of faith. I'm a person of generosity. I'm a person that reaches out to others. I'm a person of integrity. I'm a person that has joy in my life. I'm a person that loves people. I'm a church that, I'm a person who prefers the, uni the unity of the body of Christ. And I'm a person who's committed to grow in Jesus. Can you imagine what would happen if those things were internalized in everybody who calls our church home? So people out, in, out in, the, in the community would say, oh, you must go to Calvary Church because Calvary Church people act like that. You must go to Calvary Church because the people at Calvary Church are givers like that. You must go to Calvary Church because, because uh, that church is full of joy. Yeah. Apparently some of you need it this morning. <laughs> Do you understand the power of what this can look, look like if we actually did it? We actually lived it out to be the church God has called us to be. And I'm asking you as we prepare for our new pastor, I don't believe it's long, that we commit ourselves as a church body to be the church ready to walk through the open door. That we as a church are ready to walk through the open door. That we are prepared to walk through that open door. Because you know, God, God has plans on a, and has already chosen who our pastor is. We're, our, our team is, is just, it will be discovering that, I believe soon. But we are the church. I said, we are the church. Did, did you know Calvary can't be any better than you? The good news is it can't be any worse than you. So, you know. <laughs> You know, people come up to me and say, well, you know, you know, this church ought to be, be more friendly. I say, well, go ahead. I'm not it. Well, this church ought to be doing more for missions. Well, go for it. You see, some of you need to stop talking about yourself the way you do because when you talk about the church, you're talking about yourself. You're it. And here's what I'm challenging you today as the man who has been put in here as your spiritual leader at this moment. And I don't take that lightly. Is that God is wanting all of us to make a decision. Are we prepared to walk through an open door? Which means, are we prepared to be the people that God has called us to be? To walk through doors that will impact Greensboro with the gospel of Jesus Christ like never before that will see miracles of healing happening. That'll see miracles of transformation happening. To see hundreds of people coming to Jesus. That's what God sees. And I'm asking you to commit yourself to that today, church. I'm asking you to say, Lord, I make that decision for me. I wanna be that person that's part of this family that commits myself to that, to that vision. Encounter God, follow Jesus, and make a difference. And if I know my heart, I want those values that are being articulated there to become the values that I embrace in my life. And I wanna commit myself to be ready 
what God has planned for this church in the days ahead. And I wanna tell you, I've seen them through the eyes of the Spirit. I don't say that lightly. I've seen through the eyes of the Spirit what God's desires are for this place and for this ministry and for this people. And I'm asking you to commit yourself to be there. Would you stand with me all over the room? All over the room. We're gonna sing together. Prepare our hearts today for what God is trying to say across this room to all of us in this moment. We want victory, we want breakthrough, we want everything God has designed and God has prepared for our church. We're gonna just prepare your heart. Let's sing together now.